God, we thank you that we can raise a hallelujah because you are the Lord of our life. God, we thank you for your sweet presence here this morning and for our offering of praise and worship to you. God, we pray that it is a sweet aroma to you this morning as we stand before you as our children and we offer ourselves again to you. God, we say that we love you. We are so grateful for the relationship that we have for you, with you. And we're thankful for everything that you've done for us. God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for uh, creating everything that we needed and more besides, just to bring uh, joy and pleasure into our lives. God, I thank you that you reach us when we are in a low place and you reach us when we're on the mountaintops as well. God, thank you for being the only God we will ever need because you are the one and only God. Thank you for sending your son to die for us. Thank you for reaching down and pulling us up into relationship with you. God, thank you for this morning. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Take a seat. Welcome to church. If it's your first time with us, a really special welcome to you. I know we have some visitors in the room. We'd love to get to know you better over a cup of tea or coffee after the service. So if you turn right as you leave the worship centre, uh, we will meet you in there with a cuppa. Um, while I'm talking to you, you can be filling out the Connect cards in the back of the seat in front of you. Um, hopefully you can find someone around you who has a pen uh, just to make that all happen. If not, you can be um, checking the... Uh, church centre app and filling in a connect card on there as well so and they can pop into the offering buckets as they come around welcome to everyone joining us online I saw there was a few people in the chat already this morning so welcome to you if you're at home um we might pass the offering buckets around now and hopefully you've scribbled your name and contact details on that connect card and can pop it in that would be great so just a few things to highlight from the newsletter most of you will get this um online uh, on your, in an email, but if not, there's some hard copies available in the foyer as well. Um, so we have a bike ride coming up on Saturday. Um, we are riding from Wonthaggy, so early start from here, drive to Wonthaggy, ride to Kilcunda and back, and then hop in your car again, drive home. It's going to take a while, but it will be great fellowship, so we want you to join in with that. We're also joining in with the Wonthaggy Baptist Biking Group. So we'll be meeting some new friends. And um, so if you've got a bike, this is your personal invitation right now um, to join us for that bike ride. All the details are in the newsletter or you can contact him. His details are in the newsletter too. Um, we're looking for some carols volunteers. So we're having a carols service here on the 18th. And we actually need some volunteers to be able to run all of the things. I see a really excited hand there already. That's great. Um, so we're asking people to sign up if you can. Um, uh, there is a list in the foyer that you can sign up to. So we're asking people just to say that they're available at the moment and then we will allocate some responsibilities as we get a bit nearer. But we need sort of all hands on deck to make that work out. Um, and I know Pastor Steve is also looking for helpers to do the community carols as well. So if you've received an email for Pastor Steve, from Pastor Steve, he's waiting for you to respond to that. It's not like one of those rhetorical things where, anyway, you're supposed to reply, so do that. Um, team night and members meeting this Tuesday night, so um, make, 
point of coming along to that. Again, we need everyone here. Tuesday, 7 p.m., the documents have been sent out already. So um, this is a really important meeting, really important business uh, of our, what we do as a church. So make sure you come along to that. Also, Craft Cuppa and Chat is on this coming Saturday as well. So some of us will be bike riding down in South Gippsland. Others of us will be craft cuppa and chatting um, here at the church. Uh, yeah, details. Um, if you come, you know. If you know, you know. All right. So uh, one other exciting thing. So we might get young Zach to hold the box maybe and Pastor Steve can do the bag. So we've got these boxes available in the foyer. So we do this every year. So it's called a reverse advent calendar. So normally advent calendar, you take your little bit of chocolate out every day um, and that's, that's bad for you. So you don't want to do that. We want to do this. So you, every day you put something in the box and then at the end of 21 days, um, you have this wonderful box that we can share with somebody in the community who needs some help. So um, in the spirit of not just saying things like people should be grateful for what they get because it's for free. We don't want it to be like that at all. Um, we want this box to be a blessing to people who receive it. So we're going to do a little practice just to see whether you guys kind of understand what we're about here. So um, Coles brand two-minute noodle, in or out? Yes, you're right, it's out. If you were to buy the proper branded two-minute noodles, people eat this, they do, and, and it would be okay. So this is kind of an on-the-fence one for me, but because it's Coles branded, it is out. I'm not having a go at Coles, I'm just saying it's not a blessing. <laughs> Getting roasted. Uh, an apple, in or out? It's out, it's perishable. We don't put those things in there. Uh, caramel Christmas baubles, in or out? Right, you guys are good. Ritz crackers, in or out? In. You guys are great. The cheapest tea you can buy. It's out. It's out. You can't put that in there. Um... Fancy Christmas pudding, in or out? It's in. I don't care if you don't like Christmas pudding, it's going in. Proper drinking chocolate. Perfect. Um, $20 gift card, in or out? It's in. If you can possibly afford to add something like this to your box, this is great for people because then they can go and buy the one thing that they need that's not in the box. So do that. Coles branded chocolate. It's, it's a trick. Chocolate is the only thing that breaks the rule. Any kind of chocolate. In the box. All right, thank you helpers. That is really, really helpful. But you get the idea. We want to bless people. We want people to open that box and find it full of things that they could not have afforded to buy for themselves. And we want that to be an absolute blessing. Some people use that to gift to other people because they can't afford to buy a present for someone. So if there's a fancy chocolate box in there, likely they are maybe going to use that for a family member or a friend that they want to give a present to. So um, I invite you to take those boxes. They need to be back on the 11th of December. 
um, we're going to, how we give them out, a chunk of them go out to our Warwick Community House um, and get distributed to the families out there. Um, some go through our youth group ministry to families that need them, play group ministry the same to families that need them. Um, and also we have our Locksport and Yarram campuses this so a few of the boxes can go um, to those campuses if they are reaching out to people around the church as well. So you can be really sowing into people's lives and being a part of the ministry of the church if you take those boxes. Thank you. All right, so um, we are about to have our mingle five minutes during which time the kids will get to go out. But just before we do that, let's stand and pray together. God, we thank you uh, for your abundance, your abundant provision in our lives. Uh, God, we thank you for the so many ways that you gift us and equip us. God, we thank you for the richness that we have in our life just because you are a part of it. Um, that is the, the, the best Christmas present we could ever have is having you as part of our life. God, we thank you that you are the Lord of our life today as well as our Saviour for eternity. And God, I thank you that, that as a church community, God, that we have so many uh, resources that we can um, bless our community with. God, we thank you that you continue to be part of this service this morning. God, we thank you that your hand is on every part of it and that, uh, that we will have our hearts and our minds open to hear from you in so many ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Mingle for five minutes. Thank you. Good morning. We're over here in the baptistry, if you can't figure out where the voice is coming from. Uh, it's great to have you. Let me add to Pastor Jackie's welcome. It's great to have you um, with us this morning, and you've picked a great morning. Join us if it's your first Sunday. Well done. Kudos to choosing this morning to come and witness a It's always a highlight um, of, our, um, of our Sunday mornings, and I think this is our 15th baptism this year, which is fantastic, and uh, potentially we might uh, have a few more. There was a couple more that wanted to be baptised that couldn't be here this morning, um, but I'm here with Denise Oliver, who's from Locksport, uh, part of the team down there at Locksport. We've got a bit of a crew here from Locksport joining. It's fantastic, and um, yeah, Denise is going to share a little bit about why she's getting baptised this morning, a little bit of her story, so I'm going to pass over to Denise. For years, I went to church and always got very emotional and I didn't know why. Now I, I know why. It was the Holy Spirit telling me to go to the next step in my faith journey. Today I declare between, before this church and the whole world that Jesus Christ is my Savior and Lord and I know God will look after me and love me and guide me for the rest of my life. So, Denise, on your confession of faith, now I'm going to baptise you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Can we stand together, church? We're going to pray for Denise, and then we're going to continue to worship. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for Denise. God, we thank you that she is a, a daughter of yours, created in your image, 
for your purpose. And God, we thank you for her profession of faith this morning, that she is saved by grace through her faith in you. And God, we thank you for the way you've led her to this point and for the way you're going to continue to lead her for, for all her days going forward. God, we know that she is loved by you and she has a purpose in you. And God, we pray that she might walk according to that purpose and that we as your church might surround her with faith, with prayers and with encouragement. So God, would you be with her and lead her as it goes forward from this day forward. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lord, we lift your name high this morning. The powerful name of Jesus, the name above every name. Lord, we lift you up in this place. We fix our eyes on you. God, the author and perfecter of our faith, so loving, so faithful, so generous. God, we fix our eyes on you this morning. We, we desire to have eternal perspective. We desire to see more of who you are this morning and have it change and transform us to make us more like your son. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for loving us. We are humbled by it. And in response to that, we worship you. God, you are so good. You are more good than we think you are, more loving than we think you are, more faithful than we think you are, more trustworthy than we think you are. God, you are so, so good. So we praise the name of Jesus forever and ever. God, we thank you for being in our midst this morning and we ask that whether we're here in the room or tuning in online, God, would you transform our hearts today? We thank you and we love you and we praise you in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Good morning, church. You can take a seat. I always just want to do the, like, joke. Even when I say it, take a seat, take it where? Just like a big kid, I think. Anyway, good morning, everyone. Good morning. What a good morning to be in church. The sun is out after all the rain last night. We had a baptism. So exciting. It's a good morning to be in the house. I'm excited to be here. I hope you are as well. Are you? Yes, great. The Christmas tree is up. Did some of you walk in this morning and just go, it is November, that should not be up? Did anyone feel like that? Some of you. Yeah, there's like, those people know that they're the minority and they just did like, I saw them, but they, there was a few and they did sneaky hands like this, like, yeah, well, it should be not up until December. But most people, stoked, Christmas tree is up. We're almost there. Christmas is coming. I'm so excited. The reverse advent is happening. It's such a good time of year. I love Christmas. The weather's getting nicer. It's just such a nice, nice time of year. I'm glad to be here. I hope you are as well. Pastor Brad's holding up a pink bucket because he thinks I've forgotten, but I haven't forgotten. I need to remind you of something. If you were here in the house last week, um, whether in Yang or online or in Locksport, how exciting, uh, then you would have seen or heard a little video of an update from Pastor Rob about some things happening in the Philippines, and we gave an opportunity for you to give uh, for Jasmine and, uh, why can't I think, Annie, I don't know why that escapes me right now, uh, and their beautiful baby boys who uh, were both uh, unwell, 
um, and we just wanted to be able to bless them and help them in whatever way we could. Um, and so if you have come prepared to give that uh, offering this morning, then there's a pink bucket at the back on your way out. You can pop that in um, or you can transfer it and just label it uh, if you prefer to do digital giving. Um, you can do that, just label it for the Philippines and we'll make sure that that gets to, to the girls, uh, to helping them and supporting them. That just, I mean, it sucks when people are unwell, but it really sucks when small babies are unwell. I don't know, just, that's hard for the heart. So we continue to um, keep them uh, in our prayers um, and hopefully we'll have an update soon um, on how all of that is going. Good? Good? Yeah, great, good. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Uh, Sermon on the Mount, that's what we're up to, that's what we're doing. Are we ready? Does anyone know what chapter we're up to? Six. Gold star, gold star, gold star. Been paying attention. We're up to chapter six. And when Pastor Brad said, this is the bit you're doing, I was like, whew. Because, I don't know about you, there's been some challenging stuff coming out of the Sermon on the Mount. And I thought, this is the, this is the easy part. I was incorrect. I was absolutely incorrect. As I was preparing this week, I was like, actually, this is equally as challenging. <laughs> I thought I was going to get just like the easy part that we all know really well, and don't worry, and don't be anxious for anything, and it's just going to be like an encouraging home run. No, no, very challenging to me and myself this week. So I hope that uh, you are challenged this morning by the word, but also encouraged, because we want to go out of here feeling uh, like, like living uh, the life that Jesus is calling us to is achievable through his grace and his sufficiency. So... We're going, to read, we're going to read it. How about that? Just in case we're not sure where we're up to. The, uh, the Bible is much smarter than me, so we're going to start with the Word of God. Sound good? Great. We're in chapter 6, and we're at verse 19. Is everybody Does anyone carry a paper Bible still? Got it. I love seeing a paper Bible. It's a bit more hipster to have your paper Bible now. It's cool. It was like your phone Bible for a while, but now it's cool to have your paper Bible again, I reckon. Uh, verse 19, do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin will not destroy uh, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of a body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, we already read that bit, so we know what it's there for. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body or what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet our heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you with worrying add a single hour of your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If, this, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow and is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? 
Do you not worry, do not worry saying, what shall I eat and what shall we drink and what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all of these things, but your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. It's a mouthful. How do I do? Dropped a few words. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you uh, that you speak to us through your word. And we ask this morning that as we uh, open the word together, that you would uh, speak to us that we would not be here out of routine or religious uh, activity, but Lord, we'd be here to hear from you this morning. And so we ask that you would uh, change us and challenge us and shape us this morning as we look into your word. Amen. All right, are we ready? Here's how it goes. That first section is three, like, uh, oh no, metaphors, similes, analogies. Somebody who's really good at English is going to be like... Lauren, you should have checked. I'm, I'm just not 100% sure. But there's three, right? So there's, uh, there's the idea of uh, not storing up treasure, and then the eye being a lamp to the body, and then uh, you can't serve two masters, money or God, right? There's those three sort of ideas. So we're going to have a look at those first, and then keep moving together. Are you ready? Okay. I'm going to read the first one again to you, in case we're the chaos, in the chaos we've lost it. Do not store up, store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and vermin do not destroy, and where the thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Anyone just store up treasure? Do you? I, I have to confess, I'm a tiny bit of a hoarder. I don't want to be, but I do like... To, like I have one of my young friends, she's uh, five, she loves to have a little bag of things and a little box of things and a little, and just uh, with treasures in. And sometimes the treasures are rocks, sometimes the treasures are little flower buds, sometimes it's treasures. And she'll say to me, Lolly, because that's what she calls me, it's cute, I know, Lolly, that's past Lolly for all of you, yeah, Lolly, look at my treasures. And it's like rocks, I'm like, I love it, I love your treasures, they're so good. Storing up treasures. I think we all sort of have this uh, natural kind of desire to like, oh, that's important, that's special, that's, I'm, that, I'm keeping that, that's special, and that's a treasure. Like we, I think we all, in some capacity, have a tendency to store up treasure. Well, why do we do that? I don't, I don't know, but I definitely do it. Like I've got a garage full of things that were treasures like 10 years ago that I can't get rid of because they're treasures. And we store up, <laughs> we store up these things these special, special, special things. But then this is telling us, what should we be storing? No, probably not little rocks. What should we be storing up? Treasures in heaven. Now, my first thought is, does that mean we are like earning little brownie points and we're storing up special treasures in heaven and when we get to heaven, I'll have 10 treasures and you'll have five treasures. That's not... <laughs> It's not like earning like a little, a little stack of coins for heaven. That's, that's not, not the idea um, at all. It's a perspective thing, yeah? Because then th- this phrase at the end, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your heart, where, where your heart is, is revealing of where your treasure is. Because your heart will follow what you treasure. And so do you treasure things of this world and, and little things in little bags and little boxes or big boxes stacked in your garage or just special stuff, just your stuff. 
Do you treasure the, the stuff that you've accumulated in this life or do you treasure eternity? Do you have an eternal perspective? Because all, all of this Sermon on the Mount, right, we're talking about, um, we're talking about the, the kingdom of God, what that looks like. And it doesn't look like storing up treasure on earth. It looks like having an eternal perspective, yeah? So if we have this eternal perspective, then our, our hearts are following that way. It's not saying you can't have special items, that you can't have special things. My little five-year-old friend, she'll be stoked to know she's allowed to keep her little bag of rocks. But it means what, is, what do you value most? Do you value those treasures and things, your stuff, the things you've accumulated, and perhaps the status that those things provide you? The nice car that you bought, the cool new iPhone, the best pair of AirPods there is, the cool new shoes that you absolutely must. Do you value that stuff or do you value the kingdom of heaven? That's sort of the question. Is it, is it the stuff that you have or is it the kingdom of heaven? Is it the kingdom of God? What are you valuing? Do you have an eternal perspective or do you have a right now perspective? Make sense? Where your heart is, your treasure is. And so then we can backwards say where your treasure is will be revealed by your heart. This feels to me, um, how many verses in? Three. Already like a place to pause. (laughs) That's already challenging to me. A question of where is my heart? And, and And it's easy to say, well, my heart is kingdom of heaven. Absolutely. And my, I, my reliance is on the Lord. I love him deeply. That I have an eternal perspective. But does the way that I live, does the, is where my treasure is revealing that about me? Am I actually valuing eternity or am I valuing right now and the things that I can gather for myself here? Am I valuing uh, seeing people around me come to know Jesus? Am I valuing uh, the kingdom principles or am I valuing the stuff that I can accrue about myself and the status that those things provide me? So it is a question right away for us all, all, me definitely, to consider and to ask God, like, search my heart in, in, in this this morning, Lord, and tell me, reveal to me, is my treasure in you? And in, and in an eternal perspective, or am I reliant on my stuff and the treasures that I have accumulated in this life? Stuff or eternity? Stuff or the kingdom of God? It seems like an easy, like the kingdom of God, like that's the right choice, right? But sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it can be hard to really, if we're honest, kingdom of God, more important than my stuff. Following Jesus, more important than my stuff. The next idea uh, is, is in verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. And if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body, 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 body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? How great is that darkness? If the light within you is dark, what a dark darkness that is. So there's a few things here. Um, lots of, the Bible before it was written down is an oral tradition, right? And so people uh, who are really great with oral traditions uh, have an ability to be like, I have heard analogies of light before. And so when, when we read this, we're like, oh yeah, cool, 
that's a cool thing about an eye and light and whatever. But if you're from an oral tradition, that immediately flicks for you, oh, I know things about light. I've heard analogies of light before, and these things are connected in some way. And we know, we can, we can definitely confidently say this, that there are lots of times in Scripture where Jesus is uh, depicted in these ideas of light, right? The kingdom of heaven is light and Jesus is light. And so immediately it should be triggering for us uh, this idea that... Uh, Jesus is light, and so we want Jesus within us. Jesus-loving people should be light-filled people. When it says here, um, if your eyes are healthy, there can, there's some other sort of little translating that could go here, that healthiness uh, is connected to generosity. So if you are generous, if we read it that way, If you are generous, then your body will be full of Jesus, full of light, full of the Lord. But if your eye is unhealthy or could be stingy, it's a good word, isn't it, stingy? I I wasn't sure how to spell it. I don't know why. I thought it was a made-up word. It's not a made-up word. It's a real word. Stingy. If If you are stingy, the whole body will be full of darkness. That's pretty confronting, I thought. The idea that generosity should be a response to how we engage with the gospel and how we engage with Jesus. So much so that uh, the way that we respond, whether generous or stingy, uh, directly impacts whether we are light-filled people or not, which then will directly impact how people perceive us and therefore how people perceive Jesus. We're called to be people who are generous. Generous people. So then the question is, do we live with a selfishness or as a light-filled people? Is our response to what God has done for us generosity or stinginess that again is like, what do I keep for myself? How can I protect myself? How do I accumulate things for myself to keep myself good? That's not at all the picture of the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom says, be generous, be generous, not stingy, be generous. So the question is, stinginess, such a good word, stinginess or the kingdom of heaven? Stinginess or the kingdom of heaven? Again, all of us would confidently say the correct answer is the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, that is the correct answer. However, if we are honest and we ask the Lord to search our heart, are we ever a little on the stingy side. Are we ever a little, but if I give that, how will I have that nice thing that I want? Or if I, generosity should be our response to what the Lord has done for us uh, in, in, as we share the gospel with others, but even, even with our stuff, generosity should be our response to how the Lord has loved us. Verse 24 says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. This one is like, that's not even, not even trying to be like a, uh, ooh, what kind of metaphor, simile, analogy is this? No, it's like, it's God or it's money. It's money or the kingdom of heaven. What are you putting first? What is of highest value to you? Money or the kingdom of heaven? 
that. This is not saying like, oh, you can't have two jobs. It's not saying that. <laughs> you can work two jobs. You can have two bosses. Uh, it's not saying don't care for the people you love and, and care for them and uh, protect them. And, and sometimes we do that with our money. It's not saying that. It's saying that only one thing can be your ultimate thing. Only one thing can be your first thing. Only one thing uh, can be the, the ruler of your life. And it can be money or it can be God. It could probably be other things also, but it can't be both. It can be God or something else, but it can't be both. And so then it pushes us uh, in this thinking like we will serve something in our life. And will it be our own self-sufficiency and our own ability to provide for ourselves and those around us and our own ability to accrue wealth and our own ability to buy cool stuff and our own ability to, or will it be the kingdom of heaven? You can serve God or you can serve money. Again, feels very simple. Choose the kingdom of heaven. But sometimes it can be difficult. Self-made sufficiency or the kingdom of heaven. Stuff or the kingdom of heaven. Stinginess or the kingdom of heaven. The real question that is sort of being asked through these three uh, analogies is, what is it that you value? What is it that you serve? What is it that you worship? Not what is it that you say you serve, say you value and say you worship, but what does your life and the way you live reveal about what your heart truly desires? Does your heart desire after the things of heaven or are you reliant on yourself? Is it your stuff or your self-sufficiency or the money that you earn or the status that all of that provides you, the things that you've accumulated? Is it uh, people thinking that you're cool? Is it the new thing that you really want? Is it the job that you have? Is it the car that you drive? Is it the house that you own? Is it the cool shoes that you wear? Is it the stuff? Is it, is it the money that you have? Is it the status that those things provide you or the kingdom of heaven? Because it can't be both. It's stuff and all of that or the kingdom of heaven. That's the choices. What do you value? What do you serve? What do you worship? Stuff or the kingdom of heaven? Challenging to me. I don't know about you. Very challenging to me. The picture is laid out very clearly three times. It's this or it's that. And it can't be both. The kingdom of heaven or it's yourself. And it can't be both. Therefore, in light of all of that, kingdom of heaven or not, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body or what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Don't trust in yourself and your things. Be generous, not stingy, and trust the Lord. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can anyone, any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? I thought this was so interesting. Add a single hour to your life. I mean, obviously, we can't add hours to our life. But science actually tells us that our worry and anxiety and high-stress situations remove hours from our life. If we live constantly in uh, high levels of stress, there's like hormonal things that happen like cortisol and this and that. If we live constantly in that state, it actually shortens our lives. 
shortens our lives. Also, this could be translated to do with um, how many of you could add a single cubit to your height. Also very interesting to me because science tells us and we know that when there's too much cortisol pumping through you all the time, it makes you shorter. So in fact, not only can we not add to our life by worrying or heights to our head by worrying, we're decreasing our stature and decreasing our lives by worrying. So it's not even like, oh yes, we can't add hours. No, what you're doing is removing them by worrying about... Now, I want to put a little pause and bracket here. I'm not talking about anxiety that requires help. Anxiety that is beyond the normal sort of spectrum of that anxiety teaches me something and and if, 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 if you require help, that's fine. If you require to seek professional guidance, if you require, while you are holding fast to the promises of the Lord, you need someone to guide you through that, to pray with you, to counsel you through that, that's not the same. This, what he's talking about is in reference to these things, your stuff or your stuff, your status or, or don't worry about those things. Don't worry about them. Because you're just making your life shorter and you shorter. Don't worry about them. Don't make yourself anxious and stressed trying to achieve. He's talking about the choices. Choose the kingdom of heaven. Trust in the Lord and value the economy of God. Have an eternal perspective and a vision for deliberate generosity, the kingdom of God comes first. So don't worry about that other stuff right now. The kingdom of God comes first. Verse 28 says, Then why do we worry about our clothes? See how the flowers in the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow and thrown into the fire, he will not... Will he not, much more, clothe you, you of little faith? Again, this is in reference to the therefore, what he was talking about above. Is it stuff? Is it status? Is it self-made sufficiency? Don't, don't worry about those things. It's not implying um, that you should take a vow of poverty or just get around naked until the Lord provides clothes for you. Please do not. I don't want to see anybody nude at church next week. That's not what it's saying. <clears throat> It's saying, it, the, the challenge is, are you seeking the kingdom of heaven above these things? He's saying, therefore, choose the kingdom of heaven. Do not worry about what you will wear or how you will dress or how those things will have you perceived by others. It's not a status situation. Don't worry about those things. Put the kingdom of heaven first. Do you know what? I love when the Bible just keeps repeating itself in different ways because I need it. <laughs> I need the same thing told to me in five different ways over and over again and probably two years from now let's be honest a month from now I'll need it again (laughs) we just have this tendency to like drift off so I'm glad that this this is repetition from Jesus here this or that don't worry I've got you choose the kingdom of heaven do you value the way that you dress how you'll be perceived through that or do you value the economy of God Do you have eternal perspective, a vision for deliberate generosity, kingdom of God first? Verse 31 says, do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all of these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. Again, this one's good, like the money, money or God one, it's like very clear, like 
I like, I also like in the Bible when it starts off, maybe it's a little hard to understand. What is he talking about? Birds and flowers and, and then just like gets really like, it's this or that. I'm really making it clear for you. It's this or that. Don't worry. Don't worry about these things. He's saying these are the choices. Choose the kingdom of God. Value the economy of God. Have eternal perspective. A vision for deliberate generosity. Put the kingdom of God first. Because then, actually, I didn't just pull those phrases from nowhere. The next verse says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things will be given to you as well. Oh, it's good, right? I felt like that bit before was a bit heavy, but this is exciting to me. Seek first the kingdom, and then all of that stuff will be added to you. Uh, with the young adults in my small group, sometimes we talk about this. It's like the, we call it the big rock idea. It's an idea from um, Stephen Covey, if you're like into leadership material and stuff. And so much so that in our, in our little group of young adults uh, who are in my small group, we can just talk like, is that a big rock thing? Like, we don't even have to clarify what we're talking about anymore. Perhaps like an oral tradition, actually. It's so ingrained in our language. We say big rock, and it triggers in the mind all the big rock things. Right. The big rock idea is that if you had a jar, and you wanted to fill it with uh, rocks and pebbles and sand, there's an order in which you need to do that to make it all fit. If you put the sand in first, and then the pebbles in, the big rock is not going to fit. But if you put the big rock in, and then you put the pebbles and you sort of shake it down. And then you put the sand in and you shake it and it all fits. It all fits. But only if you seek first the kingdom. Only if you put the big thing in first. Only if you keep the main thing the main thing. And I just think we can get so caught up in chasing after pebbles and sand. In, in status and wealth and how we're regarded in the community and our self-sufficiency and our ability to care for ourselves and our... We can get so caught up in chasing after pebbles and sand. And it's not that it's a bad thing to, to have savings. Like, be a good steward with what the Lord has given you. It's not that it's a bad thing to come to church with clothes on. Like, be a good, be a good steward of what the Lord has given you. But put the main thing in first. Put the main thing in first. Seek first the kingdom of heaven. It's not like first thing in the morning. It's like first as your highest priority. With Jesus at the center of your life, seek first the kingdom of heaven. This is the most important big rock. Put it in first. And all the rest will fit. All the rest will be added to you. All the rest will fit in. But you need to seek the kingdom of heaven first, otherwise you won't find room for it. You'll get caught up chasing pebbles and, and sand, and you'll never have time or space or room for the big rock. The band's going to come up, uh, and we're going to sing together uh, in a moment. I'm going to read verse 34 for you. It says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about it each day, having enough trouble of its own. It's a therefore, right? So, therefore, as Pastor Rob has taught us many times, therefore, we ask the question, what is it therefore? In light of all of that, in light of the choices in light of the, the grace that is given to us by God to, to seek first his kingdom, in light of all of that, don't worry about tomorrow. Not just like, like if you just, if you just start there, don't worry about tomorrow. Like that is a, a flippant statement that is more frustrating than helpful. But in light of all of this, don't worry about tomorrow. 
don't worry about tomorrow because of who God is and what the kingdom of heaven looks like. In light of eternity, when we have that eternal perspective, other things will begin to pale in comparison. And you will likely still go to work and you will earn your money and you will put away your savings and you you will still do those pebble and sand things. This is just reality. And, And certainly the Lord is not just calling us to sit on the couch and do nothing while we wait for him. country that we live in, most of us here won't find ourselves in a situation where where we struggle to have food or clothing. We might. But if we do find ourselves in that position by the grace of God, will we find ourselves in a community that embraces these ideas of radical generosity in response to what the Lord has done? Because when we start to live like this as a community, we care for one another. We care for one another better. When we're not looking inward to ourselves, when we're looking forward to eternity and outward to one another, with generosity as our response, with the kingdom of God before our stuff, we care for one another better. And so my prayer is that we would, if we ever find ourselves in a situation where times are difficult and we think, I should have stored up my stuff, what do you mean, Lord? Because now I am empty and, and at, at the bottom of the... Will we find ourselves in a community that embraces this? we're called to be people who put the kingdom of God in first, above everything else, above our stuff, above our status, above our jobs, above the kingdom of God, eternal perspective, always. We're not stingy, we're generous. We don't care about our own ambition or desires, we're seeking after the heart of God in this upside down kingdom. The kingdom of God or all of that stuff. And I don't know about you, Although it is challenging, it seems much more simple. The kingdom of God. Or I do this and I do that and I get this and I have to get that and I need this. And, and how will people, people approve of me if I don't have that particular, those shoes or that particular jacket or my things aren't the right brand or I don't have a nice car or I don't have a nice home or I don't have all of the anxiety that comes with that. Oh, the kingdom of heaven. What a relief. What a relief to seek after him above all all the rest will be added. I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to worship together. And I don't know where, maybe you're like, yep, cool. I'm seeking the kingdom of heaven. No worries, Pastor Lauren. But maybe, maybe something here felt like a little rub to you. And my challenge would be to you this morning, just ask the Lord to to intervene in your heart. But in the Psalms, it tells us, uh, like, search my heart, Lord, and create within me a, a new steadfast spirit within you, an ability to seek after your presence, an ability to put the kingdom of God above all. And so if you feel like you're in a place where maybe you've created an idol in whatever way of your own self-sufficiency, of your stuff, or whatever it is, that this morning we would cry out to God and just ask him, one, to reveal that to us, and two, begin to just shape, challenge, and change our hearts so that we would be people who are like, yeah, big rock first. No question. Big rock first. If you'd like someone to pray with you, some of our team will be down the front here. We'd love to pray with you um, during this next song. Um, But I'm going to pray for all of us now that uh, God will just be speaking to us as we worship together. Lord God, I thank you 
when we put you first, there is so much peace. There is a peace that comes with being able to trust you. Lord, that the worries of how we'll be perceived or how we will ever have enough or do enough or be enough just pale in comparison to who you are, who you have called us to be and the eternity that we strive toward. God, would you help us to have eternal perspective? Would you help our our response to you be generosity? Would you help uh, us to live in a way that brings you glory above all? God, we thank you. We thank you for how deeply you love us. And God, we know that you are faithful and that we can trust you. And so we ask this morning, as we come before you vulnerable and honest about uh, what our big rock is, is it at all this pebbles and sand. God, would you reveal uh, the true nature of our heart this morning and challenge us and change us and shape us to be more like Jesus. Lord, help us to put you first in everything. We thank you for how deeply you love us. Make us different this morning. Let us walk out of here changed. In Jesus' name.